and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, if you want to be on the show, 877-973-7425. Got a number of people on the phones. I want to get to their phone calls first, but I got to preview something. At the bottom of the hour, some of you probably send your kids to schools that do no homework. Before COVID hit, a parent I am familiar with had his child in a public middle school in Georgia, in Cobb County. And had the parent not pressured his child into telling him what was going on at school, he would not have known that the band teacher was giving extra credit to the girls who would rub his back. And he would not have known one of the assignments was from a teacher essentially asking the kids to write from the perspective of a non-white person about life. And once they had written it, to write a suicide note or essentially write a note as if that person no longer existed. That's what the teacher was doing behind the parents' backs. Essentially, for all intents and purposes, getting middle school kids to learn how to write suicide notes. Happening in a public school in the state of Georgia without many parents knowing because they weren't getting homework home. They had no idea this was happening. And when the parent confronted the school, the school said it was normal, part of the curriculum. What was the big deal? The parent had to take his child out of the school and pay for private schooling so that his kid could escape what was happening. The parent was the bad guy for asking questions and getting involved. The school system belittled the parent. I have that parent and he's going to join me at the bottom of the hour. You're going to want to hear this wherever you are nationwide. Before we get there, a lot of you, well, you know, something has happened. If I had said in the last half hour uh, what I said six months ago, we would, would have to turn the phone lines off because everyone would be calling in criticizing me for saying it. And there has been a remarkable shift over the last six months to a year, people ready to move forward, people ready to win again, people ready to realize that uh, we got real good options for winning in the future. I want to take some phone calls now. I'm going to go first with Rodney. Welcome. How are you, Rodney? Hey, Eric. Good. Um, thanks for taking my call. Um, actually, the first time I've ever even bothered to call a radio show. So, you, Well, you welcome. Must touched, you must have touched a nerve with me, but... Uh, Hey, first of all, I, I just want to tell you, I appreciate the, the work that you do. And, um, you know, I can always tell when somebody's done their homework, when they're when they're making an argument and, and when they've had intellectual honesty on a topic. And um, you excel in both of those areas, so I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, but I did want to say, you know, you, you put in words what I've been trying to tell my friends for for months when it, when it, when it comes to Trump and why I just can't bring myself to do it again as far as, as voting for him goes. Uh, I think the words you used were, were character and self-control. Um, that nails it for me perfectly. I, I couldn't have said it better. 
and that's why I just I just can't do it again. It, it's time to move forward. Uh, he just, just he can't get out of his own way. He just can't shut up and get out of his own way long enough to to make a a, a point that I can just listen to. Yeah, it's 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 so frustrating to me that uh, we got really good policies out of his administration, way better than what we're getting right now. And had he just exercised some self-control, he could have won again. I mean, the, the economy just, was coming back, everything. Um, and why go backwards now when we got the opportunity to go forwards uh, and get a lot of what we got with him? With, frankly, a lot of the same members of the administration would come back for with someone else and deliver those same great policies, uh, but maybe get someone with a little more principle. I mean, we got a, a lot of people who can do it and serve eight full years. Exactly. I agree. Well, look, well, I, appreciate I appreciate it, it Rodney. I uh, hope you don't get hate mail from your friends like I'm getting all my emails right now. <laughs> I, can, but, I can handle it. Good, appreciate good. It, Stand strong. Good to hear from you. Timothy, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. How are you? Doing okay, Eric. I, I got two comments. First of all, I want to congratulate Nancy Pelosi. I thought I'd never say it, but today she st- stood up against China and I, kudos to her. Uh, well, and look, I got it. Last I, it time was, I'll probably say that it was impressive. I did see CNN's live coverage of her arriving earlier. Her her broomstick was able to dodge all the Chinese planes. It's very <laughs> nimble broomstick going in. <laughs> yeah, but yeah I mean, look, kudos um, to the Speaker of the House for standing up to the communists. That's that's correct. She's probably doing a better job than Joe Biden. Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump lost me yesterday. Uh, when he's sitting there backing a governor that, that was kicked out of office because he did all the things that he did, and he just says, I'm going to support Eric. That is just ridiculous. And everybody, if you are going to support Donald Trump, it, he would have to be my last person I had hope for to vote for, to vote now. But if you are still supporting Donald Trump today, you need to take an inner look on your insides because that's a character of yourself too. Because all it is is about Donald Trump and not the country. He can leave this country because he's a millionaire. He's got money. You and I are stuck here with the results of what they are doing to us. He can get out of here. So people, take a look at yourself. Examine yourself. If Donald Trump, you follow him blindly, that's a character flaw in you. Look, I, I, I'm I'm glad you say it that way. The number of and you know I do have to say it, it is it, the demographic of the people who get very defensive about Donald Trump are are of a of the same demographic profile. Let's just say they have aged out of the demographics for a listener audience, <clears throat> and they get very defensive that he somehow can't handle it or we got to be nice to him. Um, Y'all, there is a man running for the United States Senate in Missouri. It is a close race between him and the other guy, both of whom are named Eric. And the one Eric, Greitens, tied a woman up in his basement and assaulted her. And now his wife, in suing him for divorce, it's come out that he was a spousal abuser. The other Eric, Schmidt, is the attorney general for the state, a great conservative, and would be a great senator. How do you not take a stand against a man who beat up women? How do you not take a stand against a sociopath like that? It boggles my mind. It's all about him and, and his pride, and and I just it's 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 childish to me that he did this at a time leadership matters. 
Uh, let's go back to the phones. Rodney, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric, how are you doing? I'd like to thank you for always giving both sides of the story. My comment is, is, you know, Donald Trump's smart. He's a good, good leader when he gets in there, but he needs to quit acting like a two-year-old spoiled child. Yeah, look, I, I mean, it, it clearly, it's. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that he couldn't bring himself to do this. And I realize Kimberly Guilfoyle uh, is working for Greitens, but the thing here is that. Uh, if Politico, and I say if Politico can be believed, they clearly had people in the room saying what was happening. I mean, they have the who was in the room, what was being said, who was saying it sort of stuff, and no one's denying it. That a biker group that supports Trump and Kimberly Guilfoyle were all in for Eric Greitens. And literally everyone else in the room, including Donald Trump's own core Missouri team, was telling him, you got to come out against the guy. So you had a biker group and Kimberly Guilfoyle saying, support Eric Greitens. And every single other person in the room saying, you got to go with Eric Schmidt and be clear about it. And so too clever by half, he says, I'm going to endorse Eric. By the way, there's a third Eric on the ballot. Um, so congratulations to Eric McElroy. No one knows who the guy is. Nobody, nobody has any idea who Eric McElroy is. Someone paid the money to get on the ballot. There are 21 people in the Republican primary. Missouri does not have runoffs. So whoever gets the most votes wins. So if Eric Greitens gets the majority of the votes, even if he only gets 19% of the vote, if he wins the most votes of all the 21 people running, he's the nominee, and the Democrats can count on that seat. Democrats have been pushing people to go support Greitens. Democrats in Missouri have been helping Eric Greitens. Democrats want Eric Greitens to be the nominee, and the purported leader of the Republican Party could not deign himself to be the leader of the party and tell the base of the party you must make this guy radioactive. He was willing to get the party to vote for Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. He was willing to tell Republicans in Pennsylvania, vote for the guy from New Jersey. But he could not bring himself to tell the people of Missouri, don't vote for a man who beats his wife. I, 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 I think it's time to move on. I think it's time to move on. We can thank him for his leadership. We can thank him for the Abraham Accords. We can thank him for moving our embassy to Jerusalem. We can thank him for getting out of the Paris Accord. We can thank him for three justices on the Supreme Court who delivered us out from Roe v. Wade. We can thank him for killing Iran's terror mastermind. We can thank him for tax cuts and deregulation and energy independence. We can thank him for all of these wonderful things and say, now let's move forward with someone who can give us eight years. We can do that. We have it in our ability to chart a course for the future, taking the good things he gave us 
and leaving the drama behind. There are lots of people who want to lead us. There's Ron DeSantis. There's Nikki Haley. There's Josh Hawley. There's Tom Cotton. There's Ted Cruz. There's Chris Christie. There's uh, Tim Scott. You name it. Can you imagine a DeSantis Scott ticket? There, I mean, there, there, there are lots of incredible people who could get eight years, who could not just roll back Joe Biden's four years, but then spend four years charting their own course or spend two years rolling back Joe Biden's agenda because so much of it was done at the executive level anyway, and then six years charting a new course, putting new people on the Supreme Court. You got to have somebody. Clarence Thomas is the oldest member of the court. You got to have somebody in two years who can put someone there for Clarence Thomas. And yes, Trump could do that. But so could someone else who could be there for eight years and replace even more. Y'all, it's time for the Republicans to look to the future not linger on grievances of the past. And when the former leader of the party cannot boldly and loudly say, do not put a man who beats women in the United States Senate, that's probably the departure point for the party to move on without him. Everybody asked me about bowl and branch sheets. I actually put up a picture the other day. We got some in our house because we order from them. We actually are customers. They're like, oh my gosh, are they really that good? Yes, they get softer every single time you wash them. I mean, they use 100% organic cotton threads. They're super soft. You get such a good sleep. They have just the great weight to them. Like I had a pair of sheets we actually threw away when we replaced them with Bowling Branch where is they were just like too light and also not very soft. The Bowling Branch, they're perfect. The drape across your body when you sleep, absolutely perfect. Bowling Branch uses the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness, for a better night's sleep. They've got over 10,000 stellar reviews. Their signature sheets come in nine neutral colors in all sizes from twin to California you will feel the difference and they're 100% free from toxins no pesticides, no formaldehyde no harsh chemicals get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC E-R-I-C-K at BolandBranch.com that's BolandBranch B-O-L-L-A-N-D Branch.com the promo code is ERIC E-R-I-C-K yeah, you know, as the voice says, as JJ says, if you text show to 33777, you get all the podcast links. You can also at the bottom sign up for the um, you can sign up for the daily email. It's important. By the way, uh, have you all heard the story out of Atlanta? I think I mentioned it the other day, but it was a little chaotic with the, the Carathon and all. Uh, Stacey Abrams down in Georgia, she has an advertisement uh, and it is a former deputy sheriff blasting Brian Kemp. Uh, for his crime policies in Georgia and his gun policies in Georgia. Uh, turns out the guy was never a Georgia deputy sheriff. He was some Floridian who's now a big trial lawyer in Atlanta and a Democratic Party activist. Um, <laughs> I mean, she can't even find a policeman from Georgia. She cannot find a policeman from Georgia to take her side. Now, r- real moment here. What would you do? What would you do if your kid's school assigned suicide notes to the kids? What would you do? One parent had to get involved in his kid's education because the teacher was in the name of empathy, radical empathy with minorities 
was encouraging the kids to write essentially suicide notes, uh, letters of uh, how they no longer exist from the eyes of a non-white person. Think about that. And then wanted to know if the kids' feelings expressed in the homework assignment were genuine to the kid. And the band teacher was giving extra credit if the kids would give him back rubs. <laughs> wow. It's really happened. Uh, the, the, the dad, who I'm going to interview, uh, is in law enforcement. And uh, the kid's school was a no-homework school. And this all happened. Absolutely bizarre. In Cobb County, Georgia. Happened before COVID, not during COVID. Uh, after COVID, the, the school dropped its no-homework policy. Uh, and during COVID, of course, the parents could see stuff. Uh, but yeah, before COVID, it, this is one of those reasons that more and more parents I talk to who are active in the movement to clean up schools say, don't send your kids to a school that says no homework. Because in the kids' schools where there is a no-homework policy, uh, oftentimes the teachers are aggressively indoctrinating kids at school. And you, the parent, have no idea what's going on unless you have a great relationship with your kid which this parent did and was able to find out what was going on in the school, including homework assignments to write suicide notes. Absolutely bizarre behavior from a public school system in the state of Georgia, Cobb County, uh, which is Metro Atlanta. I'm going to interview the parent. I'm going to interview the parent and what action was taken and, and, and his concerns. Um, just a, an awful story that has come to light uh, through connections uh, my team has. And I would tell you, for those of you who don't think school choice is a big issue, you need to hear this interview, but also look to Florida. If you're in the Georgia legislature listening right now and you're a Republican, just let me put it in real terms for you guys. And if you're in the Texas legislature for you guys, Florida is now less of a swing state than Georgia and Texas. Florida is more of a Republican state than Texas and Georgia. Unbelievable, right? You know why? Jeb Bush. You may not like Jeb Bush. You may think Jeb Bush is a squish. But Jeb Bush reformed the education system in Florida and made access to private schooling uh, the default. So if you're in the military or law enforcement, you can send your kid to a private school on the state's dime. And if you're below certain income levels, you can as well. And the result is that black and Hispanic people are now voting Republican in Florida because of school choice. They were given an entitlement that Democrats want to take away, so they vote Republican. I want you to vote for Omaha Steaks by going to omahasteaks.com and putting Eric in the search bar, E-R-I-C-K, and you can choose... The All-American Assortment with 12 burgers for free. They're not just your ground chuck. They're the Omaha Steak Burgers. They're delicious. You get 12 of them. They're free. You also get over 50% savings, and you get fillets. You get boneless pork chops, boneless chicken breast, gourmet jumbo franks, caramel apple tartlets. You get potatoes au gratin. You get unbelievable value and flavor. You get over 50% savings. You can't go to the grocery store and buy all this stuff and get the same savings. You can't. Um, you'll pay a whole lot more, and you'll get even less quality. At Omaha Steaks, you get great quality, great value, great price, and you get 100% satisfaction guarantee, and you get 12 burgers for free. Who can turn that down? I've been a customer there since the 90s when I was in college. Uh, they want you as a longtime customer, which is why they give you 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go to omahasteaks.com. Look at the search bar, this magnifying glass. You click it, you put in Eric, E-R-I-C-K. You will see the All-American Assortment. You will get those 12 Omaha Steak Burgers for free deliciousness delivered to your door. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. 
The phone number is 877-973-7425. I got a special guest. Uh, I want to set the stage for you. In February, it was, I told you about an elementary school in Cobb County where the PE teacher, instead of doing PE for Valentine's Day, was bringing in the uh, first grade classes and showing them a video that uh, normalized um, same-sex sexual relationships. Uh, The video was an animated show where two little boys uh, fall in love um, with a lot of heavy petting. And a um, parapro professional who is a paraprofessional in the room saw it and objected. And the school system got very, very defensive with me for pointing out the fact that the PE teacher had shown this video. Got very defensive about it. Well, we're back to Cobb County, Georgia again. This time, a proactive parent who discovered the homework assignments his daughter was being given, or the class assignments his daughter was being given, were uh, questionable, to say the least. Chuck Paul is joining me. Chuck, thank you for taking time to do this. Thank you. So can can you talk about uh, your experience uh, with your daughter's school and and what you discovered was going on? Yeah, we actually had um, a different teacher that uh, saw our daughter writing during class, and she was ignoring that teacher. Uh, She went to see, well, what's my daughter writing? And it turned out to be a suicide note. And so after school, she caught us in the car pickup line, uh, sat with our daughter and brought it to our attention. And in the course of talking to our daughter, she said it was an assignment for one of her other classes for her homeroom class in a uh, an empathy assignment. And so we, we were able to get a copy of that assignment or a couple of assignments. So the week before the suicide note, one of the questions that they were supposed to think about during class and then write a short essay on was, you know, what if you had been born in the wrong body? Um, And so that was week one. And then the follow-up week was, you know, what if you never should have been born? And it was just these two questions within, you know, a a multi-page in-class assignment that our daughter had been thinking on as assigned and, and writing about. Um, and we talked to her about it and said, is this, like, are you just writing, like, from a fictional perspective, or are you, are you really feeling these feelings? And she said, well, no, I'm, I'm feeling those feelings. Um, and it's, you know, she was in a dark place, and, and, you know, we, I took days off of work and went in and tried to speak with the, the principal who would never speak to me face-to-face. Um, I did get in touch with the vice principal, and the principal finally called me back and uh, you know, gave him copies of that assignment and said, this is unacceptable. And uh, the principal confirmed that was that was approved curriculum. And, um, you know, we objected to no end to get our daughter exempted from future assignments in that, uh, that portion of the class. And she was, you know, they made an accommodation for our child to you know, just put on headphones and ignore the teacher during that segment of the of the homeroom empathy course, but uh, it it was disturbing to us to think that 
the school is planting thoughts of, you know, what if I was born in the wrong body? You know, that that can only lead to uh, poor outcomes for the psyche of children going through pu- puberty in the middle of middle school. And then the follow-up question was just unthinkable, you know. We, yeah. So let, let's let's let me clarify here a little bit, if I can, for myself and for others. So, was your daughter going through a a dark period, and so that's how she interpreted the assignment, or or is this uh, the expectation of the teacher's assignment for her? Yeah, they seemed oblivious that that could be a possible outcome, um, but. She wasn't in a dark place before. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, but through all of this, pushing her to come up with an assignment of um, showing radical empathy for for a minority, and then to put your shoes in if that person no longer existed, is that right? That was kind of the assignment of of looking at this person no longer existing, and she interpreted it as well. The person would have to commit suicide. Well, she she took it as. You know, there were some there were some easier questions within that assignment, such as, you know, how do you feel when somebody's mean to you? Okay, I could get I could get okay with that, but then the questions continued to escalate, and you know that that first week assignment, the one that hit her hardest um, was, what if you were born in the wrong body? And she had some kids at school that were already questioning and and thinking that they were trans, who knows if that was influenced by something mm-hmm. else prior, but, you know, she was feeling empathetic for them um, and took those assignments to heart and took her assigned time every class to think about those questions before she wrote her essay and, and really put herself in those, you know, in that state of mind. Yeah, well, yeah, we, we've seen teacher influence pushing kids yeah. in, in I mean, all those directions, including dark places yeah, so, in their head. So, I mean, it what was, was your... the assignment to, to put yourself in that space. Gosh. Uh, and, and, and to your daughter's, I mean, credit, I suppose she, she followed the assignment and, and I, I mean, what was the teacher's reaction, um, to y'all being able to get your daughter opted out of, of having to participate? Um, she wasn't happy about it, but you know, she, tolerated the exception, the exemption that the principal granted for us. Now, I mean, I'm just, I'm kind of flabbergasted actually in, in, because folks, Chuck and I have not talked. Um, Chuck and and my director of programming, Charlie, have a mutual friend. And I'm just, I'm I'm sitting here, Charlie kind of gave me the overview and it just, it seems to me like you're, you're dealing with what, 13 year olds, you're in middle school. And yeah, I mean, two, what, two could, grade. what could possibly go wrong with eight, eighth graders dealing with, with hormones, the struggles of middle school, and, and here you are um, trying to get them to do these sorts of assignments that just seems like it was a bad idea out of the get-go. Yeah, I, I can't imagine any middle schooler not wondering what's going on with their body. Yeah. Now, while all of this is going on, um, it, it, Charlie's telling me as well that um, there's also the music teacher issue. Yeah, so shortly after this incident, um, we started asking our daughter more about her in-class assignments and, you know, what's going on in class. Um, And 
one day she told us, well, we didn't actually sing in, in choir today. We were asking about how songs were coming and things that way. We didn't, we didn't actually sing that day, and we asked why. And she said, well, the teacher didn't feel good, so she just offered all the students extra credit if they would give her a massage. And so kids were lining up to give a massage to the choir teacher. And, and again, like, please tell us you didn't participate in this. Please tell us that, you know, you, you were smart enough to opt out of this. And, again, the next, the next day we went in and, you know, demanded that our daughter be removed from that choir teacher. Um, and the principal was upset that we, you know, would find that offensive. And we said, you know, there is no level of touching that's acceptable when solicited by the teacher, right? Yeah. The, we understand middle school kids, you know, they sometimes get excited and they'll hug a teacher without being asked. We understand that that's normal. You know, it, it happens, but soliciting contact, physical contact by the teacher and especially a massage, a shoulder massage, um, you know, just not acceptable in our minds. And the teacher and the the principal's response after he said, "Well, let me, you know, let me make sure that this is accurate as to what happened." He came back and said, "Yeah, she confirmed it, but you know, she's known these kids for three years, and so it's okay." <laughs> and Good I grief. was like, uh, "Yeah, she's known them the three years from sixth grade to eighth grade, so." She's had three years to get them to this point. This is doesn't wow. make it any more acceptable, right? Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I got to commend you being a proactive parent, paying attention to what's going on, particularly in these days and age that there's so many trends of let's give no homework so the parents can't find out what's going on in school. I mean, good for you for being proactive. Yeah, it's. I think the bigger tragedy, right, is I solved the problem for my student, mm -hmm. but the problem was still there for every other student, right? Both of those classes, every other student had to go through those those thoughts, right? Every other student still had to think, you know, what if I was born in the wrong body? What if I had never been born? You know, I don't know what I could possibly have as a as a grade in choir, so why don't I pad it by getting some extra credit, right? Right. By Who knows what that teacher, the teacher told them their massage, grade yeah. was to, to incentivize them. So it just the lack of, of recourse to help prevent it for anybody else's child but mine has always just stuck with me and frustrated me about, about the process and the system. Well, and, and let, let's step back a little bit because we, we're hearing these sorts of stories all over the country now from from parents who encounter this sort of stuff what do you, what would you recommend to other parents you know we we consulted with our daughter and made sure she was okay with you know what strategy where do we want to go um her final two years of high school after you know hoping that high school would be better she went to the magnet at uh, pebble brook for performing arts so clearly loved singing even despite some of those items but uh you know, she finally just opted out and did online dual enrollment with a, a religious university. And, you know, that was right as COVID hit and best decision we ever made. And, and doing well now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So she's 
going to go to college this fall and starting mid-year through her sophomore year because she opted for that and she got two years of experience as a veterinary assistant. So, Oh, that's fantastic. And, and you know, I, I just parent to parent here. I got to tell you, um, my oldest is 16 and they go to a small Christian classical education school and she just wasn't sure listening to my wife and me talk that stuff like what you're describing really goes on out there. And she just did a, a week-long camp at Georgia Tech where uh, her roommates were a, a Wiccan, an atheist, and a Buddhist, and a Satanist was next door. And she's uh, like, oh, wow, uh, this stuff really is real, Dad. It's like, yes, yes, I, I wasn't exaggerating. That it, it's We live in a crazy mixed-up world, and it just seems like, particularly in middle school, uh, asking, asking middle schoolers who are at the process of puberty and hormones to um, I- I imagine what it would like to be if you were born in the wrong body or if you didn't exist probably is not mentally and emotionally the sorts of assignments you want to give kids. Yeah, and, you know, reflecting back through the whole public school uh, adventure that we had, you know, originally we're we're very Christian conservative people, and the original thought was how bad could it be, right? I want my children to be exposed to other points of view and then they can come home, we'll talk about them, but I'm not going to present that other side like they would get it from somebody else. Um, and during the elementary school years, you know, my wife was a was a class mom, you know, she was there one day a week and her friends were there other days of the week, but then once they get into middle school, that's not allowed anymore, right? There's six right. for seven periods in a day and you know, it's going to be kind of creepy for mom to follow around the student uh, throughout the day or, you know, it it just stops happening. And it seems like that's where it's really vulnerable is when the parents aren't able to see what's happening during class time. You know, how does that teacher behave? How do they, you know, how do they discipline children that get out of line or that are rowdy? Um, mm-hmm. You just don't know. Wow. Well, listen, Chuck, I thank you very much for stopping by and, and talking about this. And again, uh, good parenting on your part. Uh, the number of stories I read all the time now where uh, kids really get stuck on these dark paths because their parents aren't involved in their lives. So good for you and your family and, and God bless you. And thank you very much for, for talking about this publicly. Yeah, I appreciate it. Hopefully it helps somebody else to at least be tuned in to why those changes might be happening in their child. And you know, it may not be just natural course of events. You know, there may be a, a different influence happening. Yeah, very much so. Thank you very much. Chuck Paul, thank you. Um, you know, one of the organizations that is really involved in the conservative homeschool movement and uh, helping parents be involved in their kids' lives and, and education processes is Patriot Mobile. They give a good portion of their profits to help uh, the conservative education movement, uh, the school choice movement, and uh, they do it because you become a customer of theirs. You get guaranteed great service. You help them generate profits, and those profits go to these sorts of causes that Chuck and I were just talking about. Uh, you can become a, a subscriber. And again, you get guaranteed great service from Patriot Mobile. Uh, you can go on their website at patriotmobile.com slash Eric, see a very detailed map down to your house as to just how good the quality of the service is. You go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You also get free activation. When you become a subscriber, you get great discounts. If you're a teacher, a first responder, if you have a number of kids who need cell phones, they give you discounts for multi-line households. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. 
patriot or just go online. If you call them at 972-PATRIOT, tell them I sent you. They will give you free activation. You can roll your existing phone number over to them. You don't have to get a new phone number. It's patriotmobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service. I want to bring you up to speed on a case. I have gotten questions about the case of Brandon Huber. Uh, I've mentioned the story before. Brandon Huber is a pastor in Montana. Uh, Montana lawmakers have introduced a law. They're calling it Brandon's Law. Uh, as a real estate agent, uh, Pastor Brandon Huber is supposed to now per, uh, believe and embrace a bunch of woke rules on sexuality. And he can't because he's a Bible-believing Christian pastor. And the result is that he is facing a $5,000 fine by the Realtors Association in Missoula, Montana, uh, which is the maximum they can slap on a realtor. And he's required to take a diversity re-education course because he has uh, religious objections to a number of the woke issues and the realtors demand uh, that if you want access to the MLS system, you've got to essentially embrace woke values. Uh, Pastor Brandon has refused to embrace the woke values, refuses to renounce his uh, beliefs on biblical sexual ethics, and so he's being punished and persecuted for doing so. You know, there are a lot of uh, liberal Christians in the United States who say, well, I mean, he's not getting killed, so he's not really being persecuted. Actually, the history of persecution is a history of people who uh, may not be executed, but flat out, absolutely, 100% of the time, are punished in some way for refusing to give up their convictions. Uh, the National Realtors Association passed a bunch of woke guidelines that uh, for hate, you, you can't be a hater. Um, you, you can't profess beliefs that can be perceived as hate. Well, guess what? Uh, they view traditional Christian biblical sexual ethics as hate. And because uh, Brandon, uh, the pastor, refuses to give up his Christianity, uh, they want to fine him, and the Missouri legislature will hopefully pass this legislation uh, to stop him from being punished for embracing his Christian beliefs. If you live in Missouri, you should tell your Missouri legislator to support Brandon's law before the Missouri legislature. I'm sorry, I say Missouri, Montana is the Montana legislature, Missoula, Montana. Uh, tell your Montana legislators to support Brandon's law and protect people like Pastor Brian Huber from persecution.